Before we get started, I have an important message. If you're on Medicare or about to be, you don't want to go it alone. And you don't want to just call the first guy who sends you a postcard. My husband did that, and he wound up with some bad advice that costs us a penalty each month that will never go away. So what can you do? Contact one of our member experts by going to certifiedmedicareagents.com and searching your state for an agent. You'll be able to look through our member agents and read about them. Then you can reach out to the agent or broker you select directly through the site. Now, one thing you should know is other sites who do this sell your information to 15 or more agents so you can get hundreds of unwanted phone calls. Not so with CertifiedMedicareAgents.com. You'll only be contacted by one agent, and if there is a problem, I may personally reach out to you, but generally you will only hear from the one agent you select. So head on over there right now before you forget and find a qualified and certified agent that can help you today. Now, let's start our program. Hi there, this is Kathy from Rock Your Retirement. I've been featured on other podcasts over the years, so I thought I'd let you have a listen. It will give you an opportunity to hear other shows that might interest you. Enjoy! Welcome to Podcasters Unplugged, the podcast for podcasters and entrepreneurs. If you're wanting to start a podcast or have one already, this is the show for you. We talk with some of the best creators in the podcasting world. We can get your show from idea to iTunes in no time. Now here's your host, Dusty Porter. Hello, podcasters and podcastees. Welcome back to session number or episode number 26 of the Podcasters Unplugged show. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for checking this show out. And if you're a grizzled veteran of the Podcasters Unplugged show, welcome back to your nice, cozy podcast where you get to listen to me each and every Monday interview a prospective podcast host, talk about their podcasting journey, how they succeed at podcasting, how they've grown their podcast, how they use podcasts for their business and much, much more. I'm so excited uh, about the growth of this show. So many people are emailing me, telling me how much value they're getting out of each episode. They're going back, listening from episode one. And if you haven't already, guys, go back, listen to those older episodes. There is just as much juicy, good content in those as there are in these newer episodes. So go back, listen to them in your free time. I really appreciate you allowing me to spend 30 to 35 minutes with you each and every Monday. If you want to listen to our other shows here on the Porter Media Network, you can listen to our YouTube YouTube Creators Hub podcast, all about online video over at YouTubeCreatorsHub.com. You can listen to our entrepreneurship show, all about people doing some great things online, making money that way, over at the OnlineBusinessRealm.com or the OBRcast. Uh, check all of those out in the show notes. If you want to, you can support this show and all of our other shows on the internet by going over to our Patreon page and uh, throwing us a couple of dollars, helping us keep the lights on here. It does cost money to do this, as well as my time is worth something, uh, so I would really appreciate 
appreciate that as well. That would mean the world to me. You can also support us by uh, going and utilizing our sponsor. Uh, this show is brought to you, as always, by the fine folks over at Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can find them at Libsyn.com. They are a podcast hosting service, which will host all of your audio. So if you're wanting to get started in podcasting, what better way to get started than to using our promo code VALUE, V-A-L-U-E, at checkout when you're going through with Libsyn, and they will give you two, that's right, not one, but two free months of hosting for free. So get started that way and uh, eliminate that upfront cost to kind of get your feet wet and see if podcasting is even for you. Go check them out. Check our Patreon page out. And guys, without any further ado, I'm so excited about this week's guest, Catherine Klein. She's got some amazing value bombs to drop on you guys about podcasting, different things that she's done to grow and market her show, and just some things she's learned along the way. So enough for me. Let's go ahead and jump into this week's conversation. All right, and welcome to the interview portion of this week's episode. I am so excited today to be joined by Kathy Klein. She is on a mission to help seniors have a better retirement. She worked as a financial advisor for over 25 years until she reduced the size of her business back in 2015. After thinking about the best way to help others, the show Rock Your Retirement was launched in April of 2016. It's not about money. It's not about insurance. It's about how to rock your retirement in other areas of your life. Kathy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, Dusty? Fantastic. I'm so excited to chat with you. I know pre-show, I wasn't recording, but I should have been. There's so much value there, but you're going to send it to me after the show. So if I see there's something there that I think our listeners would like to hear, I'll definitely throw that into the episode as well. But maybe if you would briefly let our listeners know a little bit about your history and maybe the birth of the Rock Your Retirement podcast. Absolutely. Well, first of all, Dusty, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's a joy to have you on my show, and I, I really uh, think you're doing some great stuff. I, I really like to have creators on my shows that are actually making a difference with their content, and over at Rock Your Retirement, you're definitely doing that. Well, thank you. So I wanted to tell you um, a little bit about how the show was formed, because my show is a lot different than some of the other shows that I've seen and that I listen to. And I'm a big podcast addict. I don't watch TV anymore. Um, well, that's that's actually not exactly true. All of the TV that I watch is pre-recorded and um, or streaming. And so we don't watch regular TV. I don't listen to the news. Um, you know, when I see something that I want to hear more of, I, I research it. But um, I love podcasts. So my husband, it drives him crazy, but I'm constantly listening to other people's podcasts. So I was a financial advisor, as you mentioned in, in my introduction. Thank you. And then after 25 years, I decided that I needed a change. And so I basically, um, you know, went from a large practice down to a very small one and was looking at my clients and thought, wow. You know, money does matter, but it's not everything. You know, you can have millions of dollars and have a horrible retirement, or you can have almost no money and be completely rocking. And I thought to myself, what is the difference between these two types of people? And I thought, you know what? I need to learn more about this. And so that's when I started the show. The show is an interview format. And I interview either experts 
or regular people on how to rock your retirement. So that's how the show was formed. Nice. Now, obviously, the show has not been around too, too long. Obviously, a few months, uh, you've already gotten out uh, a good many episodes. So when you decided, you know, hey, okay, I'm going to start a show on my own. And by the way, I am a podcast consumer myself. Just like you mentioned that you were, my wife uh, gets on her nerves as well. Sometimes she'll be watching shows at night, and I'll have my headphones in as soon as the baby goes to sleep, and I'll start just, you know, digesting as, as much uh, content as I possibly can because I believe the on-demand content, and I do watch a little TV, but like you said, it's all recorded or Netflix, and I do think that speaks volumes as to where podcasting and YouTube content is going in the future. I only think it's going to get better bigger and bigger because people, as the younger generation comes up, that's going to be the type of content that they're used to consuming. So I completely agree with you there. So Kathy, when you decided, okay, hey, I want to do a podcast about this. What was your first and initial steps to starting the podcast? Well, the first thing that I did was I tried to find information online that I didn't have to pay a lot for because I wasn't planning on making the podcast um, my life's work, okay? I really wanted to do it for my own benefit. It's listed under iTunes as personal journals. And so I didn't want to spend three or $4,000 attending a class, but I did sign up for a, a uh, class. Can I mention the name of it? Dave Jackson's School of Podcasting. And so I did sign up for that. I took some of the classes. I do have to admit I didn't take them all. But I continue to pay for the um, monthly fee because I really want to support people who teach other podcasters how to podcast. And I really like his methodology. Um, And so that's why I continue to work with him. I'm still a student of his. Yeah. And so it was about $60 online. And then I thought to myself, you know what, I really want to get this started right away. So I talked my husband into going to Fry's with me and we found this microphone on sale for about 30 bucks. So I lucked out. I got a decent microphone, not a $300 one. I'm, I'm not ready to upgrade to one of those, but a decent microphone, one that I'm not embarrassed about um, for about 30 bucks. And then my husband wanted a, a recorder that was a physical device. And so he purchased one of those and then he has a mixer. I don't know. How, you know, I have to be honest. I don't know how to use any of that stuff. He sets everything up for me before each interview. And then I back up the interview process with Pamela. Um, Pamela is a Skype recording system. Um, it hasn't worked for my last three interviews. So I'm really glad that I, that I have the physical device because the interview that I did yesterday was one of the best interviews I've ever done in my life. Yeah. You know, you know, those interviews as a podcaster, you get done and you hang up the phone or Skype and you're like, Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to release this episode. I'm actually releasing it as a bonus. So it's not in my, um, my normal workflow. So because of what I do for a living, all of my interviews have to be stacked up. So I'm actually finished with interviews through February of 2017. All right. I'm impressed. I'm going to have to say I'm extremely impressed. (laughs) Well, it's, I, it's, it's because I have to. Because um, starting October 1st becomes the busiest time of my entire work life. 
So from October through December, I really can't do any interviews. Um, and because you had asked me for this interview, I kind of squeezed you in during my normal work life. But all of my interviews are conducted on Tuesdays. And so I stack them up. I usually do, I don't know, three or four interviews on Tuesdays. And then the rest of the week is when I work for a living. <laughs> that <makes laughs> That's when, sense. when you make the real money, right? Exactly. Now, who knows? Someday I might monetize this show. And I, and I have actually, the show is actually... Um, increased business to my, you know, my, my other work, my nine to five. Yeah, now I definitely want to touch on that, but I want to put, push the pause button one second and go back to the interviewing on Tuesday. I think that's a good lesson to learn for people wanting to start podcasting because a lot of times you can get overwhelmed, especially if you're doing an interview based show, you can get frustrated if you can't get people to come on your show. So with someone like yourself, Kathy, who's already got interviews recorded all the way out through, you know, early next year in 2017, what have you found to be the best way to get people to come on to your show? Well, when I first started, I have to be honest with you, I pretty much bribed them. So I, um, I wanted to interview people who could help seniors. And I work in the, sort of the senior world industry. And so I said, if you come on my show, I'll give you a free inter a, a, I'm sorry, a free advertisement on a different show. So I gave them a free ad. And then I said, if you get me a retiree to interview, I'll give you a free advertisement. So I did that until my interviews got stacked up. Mm -hmm. And I don't do that anymore. So right now on my show, at the end of my show, after the music, probably nobody hears it. <laughs> There's an advertisement for what I do for a living. <laughs> so that's what I did. I enticed people by offering them a free advertisement. So I know that not everybody can do that because there's a lot of shows out there about how to build your business. But I do think that people could offer a free advertisement, let's say you're trying to build your business and you are, I don't know, you're a business coach. So you could give a free ad to whoever you're bringing on board, a free ad for, for their show or for whatever it is that they do. So that's what I did in the beginning. I don't do that anymore. I love it. So the hustle was real early in the show. I think that uh, if you can find some creative way like that to where you can entice people to come on your show, you know, there's nothing wrong with that as far as, you know, getting people who can bring value to the audience that you're trying to reach, the target audience that you're trying to reach. And there's so many different ways you can do that. You can go to sites like radioguestlist.com. Uh, you can research them on the internet, send them, you know, cold emails. You can cold call them, however you want to do it. But just like I tell people every episode, it's just a numbers game. You've just got to be persistent uh, with your connections with them and sometimes get borderline annoying to where you, you know, <laughs> you email them and you're like, hey, listen, I haven't really heard back from you, but I would really love to have you on the show. And I've actually got a great post of 20 uh, techniques and tips that I've used to, to bring people on my show uh, over on the Podcasters Unplugged website. So I'll link that in the show notes as well. But uh, that's an interesting technique that you used as far as utilizing your business to kind of promote their business to get them uh, to, to bring you guests onto your show. So I actually like that. That's a new one, but I love it. Now, well, thank you. Kathy, you mentioned, you know, briefly there for a couple of minutes ago about monetization and that you are not fully monetizing the show. Have you found, and I know you mentioned earlier that it's kind of brought more business to your day job. What have you found to be the business 
aspect of the podcast and going forward in the future, what would you like to do to maybe maybe bring in some money from the podcast? Well, that's a really good question. So over the last month or so, I've really been trying to figure out how I can monetize the show because first of all, my audience is not your typical podcast audience member. They're older. Okay. My target audience, and you know what an avatar is, right? Absolutely. I talk about it all the time on the show. Yeah. So my avatar is named Marla and Marla is 62 years old. She has two children. She's got one grandchild and she's got a living parent. So that's Marla. So whenever I do an episode, I think, wow, what would Marla like? You know, how can I reach Marla? Well, let me tell you, Marla, my Marla doesn't listen to podcasts and she doesn't have an iPhone. You know, Marla probably has a flip phone, right? And so it's really difficult for me to try to figure out how to reach Marla. And so what I did in the beginning and what I still do is I, um, I have live events. The first thing that I need to do is grow my audience. And so working, um, telling people face to face, um, having live events. I have a Facebook group and all of these things are growing the show and they're also growing the website. I mean, I had a, let me get my little notes here. I had a 46% increase in my website hits from, uh, last month to this month. And so my website is growing. Everything is growing. So I'm thinking, okay, all of this is growing. Things are great. How can I monetize it? The question of the day, right? And to be honest with you, I don't know yet, but I do know that the juices are flowing. And so the juices are flowing. And I know that at some point soon, I would say within the next 12 months, I'll figure out how to monetize it. But when I first started Dusty, I knew that this was going to be a long-term proposition. I wasn't in this to make money, first of all. I was in it just to provide information. Um, and so that's number one. But then when I see other podcasters, and you know you know the big names, the big name podcasters. First of all, the biggest name podcaster podcasts every single day. So when you look at him and you think, wow, he, you know, started making money within, what is it, a very it, short amount year? of time, yes. Okay, so, but when it's a short amount of physical time, you know, from January to December, that kind of time. But when you take a look at the number of podcasts that he produced, so that means that within that year, he produced 365 podcasts. Now, I'm doing a podcast once a week, so that's 50 Two. So that what's 52? Um, what's 365 divided by 52? It's that's definitely four or five years worth of podcasts. Right. So he did five years worth of podcasts. And so, of course, he's going to have five years worth of um, growth, whereas it's going to take me five years to get to where he got in one year. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Absolutely. And I think you have to think of it as a long-term deal. You cannot get into podcasting, and I say this every episode, but you cannot get into it for the money. It has to be for the passion of what you're talking about, to, to bring the value, to bring the information to the target audience that you're trying to reach. And then in time, once you've grown that rabid fan base, then 
And only then can you start, you know, monetizing and trying to create a business proposition out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I didn't start with that thought, but now that I'm seeing my audience grow, I'm, it, the things are starting to jumble around in my mind, you know, what can I do? What can I do? And I know I'll think of something. So one of the things that I started doing to grow my audience and to grow my email list, every episode that I do comes with some sort of freebie. So I'll talk with the guest and I'll say, do you have a freebie that I can give away? Or we need to create a freebie. And if the guest creates the freebie for me, when I say freebie, I mean a lead magnet. Um, you know, some reason why my listener would want to sign up for my email list. So I create a freebie either if the guest gives it to me, then I give that guest a credit, you know, credit for it. If I create it myself, then I don't. And then people sign up for the email list to get that freebie. I'm looking at the freebies and I'm thinking, you know, Kathy, you can do better. So in the future, I'm going to have longer freebies. Right now, they're about one page. And I'll, I'll give more content. But it's a start. I mean, Dusty, I'm sure your podcasts now are they're better today than they were when you started, right? Absolutely. That's just the way that the nature of the beast is. And when you're talking about a lead magnet, I think that's something to definitely touch on. As content creators, we're always looking for a way to keep the audience, to keep the listener in terms of podcast in our ecosystem. When they get done listening to your podcast, you want them to go to your website. You want them to go watch your videos over on YouTube. You want them to subscribe to you over on your social media platforms. You want them to be readily available. I know it sounds terrible, but as a creator, that's what you want. You want them to stay on your tree. I use that analogy a lot in my in my podcast, Kathy, in that I want to keep my viewer, my audience, my avatar in my ecosystem as long as possible. Because then if I do want to turn this into a business and I have physical products or if I have courses I want them to take or if I offer podcast coaching and consulting and editing like I do personally, then those people are more likely or more apt to you know get in touch with me and touch base with me about those business propositions. And I think that's so important that with each episode, you're creating this lead magnet, which is a way for you to, again, capture that audience member and get their email address. And I I cannot emphasize enough in this episode and on this podcast as a whole, how important it is to actually begin your email list. Because trust me, if you do want to monetize your content eventually, whether it be two, three, four, five years down the road, you're going to need to have an email list. The power of an email list is so, so big. And I think one of the ways to do that is to create those freebies or those lead magnets. And that's something that I'm working on right now. I haven't fully implemented it with my shows yet, but I'm working on a process. So can you explain a little bit more, Kathy, as maybe an example of a freebie that you've offered on one of your episodes that have brought you in some email addresses? Okay, so I started offering freebies in August. So it's really a fairly new situation for me. Um, And so I would say that I've had several. Some of them haven't come out yet. So one of them that I offered was 10 Foods That Can Prevent Hearing Loss. And that can be found at rockyourretirement.com slash hearing foods. I did another one um, about harp therapy. So harp therapy is when somebody is, you know, sick or possibly they're dying and somebody brings in a harp and plays for them. And it actually, it actually helps them get better or improve 
which is really weird. You wouldn't think that. And so I did a freebie about that. And it was at my show, you know, rockyretirement.com slash harp. So just little freebies like that. Nothing super fancy. I don't, you know, make them look super pretty. And then there's one show that I'm going to be putting out a freebie where I don't even, I'm not even going to brand it. And I've kind of decided that with some of these freebies that I offer, I am just going to let the guest put their freebie out with their branding. I wasn't doing that before. I was rebranding everything. And I'm just thinking, why am I doing this? Why am I putting all this work into this when really what matters is that I have their email address. So it doesn't matter if it's branded with my guest's branding. Um, if I have their, if I have the client or the listener's email address, that's the main thing. And so I have all these freebies. I'm working on right one right now that will be finished um, before, probably before you release this. Ten secrets about retirement that your broker won't tell you. It's going to be at rockyourretirement.com slash that the number 10 one zero secrets with an S at the end. <laughs> Absolutely. And I I just the reason why I ask you to kind of explain what you're doing with those freebies is because I want the, the content creators out there listening who, you know, may have a podcast or wanting to start a podcast to understand that there are creative ways such as what Kathy's talking about that you can capture your audience other than your podcast and building that email list again is such an important and crucial part of actually the long-term success of possibly making your podcast a business so i can't emphasize how important that is now let's segue into the next question kathy and i want to ask you what is something that you wish someone would have told you when you first started out podcasting well i can tell you it's the freebies I mean, I completely wish I would have done that and to build my email list. Just like you said, Dusty, even if you have nothing to sell right now, which I don't, I have nothing to sell right now, create that email list and don't just send out information about you. So I have this email list and what I've been doing in the past is just sending out a, a weekly email list. It says, here's the show that's being released. And do you think anybody ever engaged with me? No. But the other day I sent out an email and it was an email that I created. You know, I, I went in and created this email and said, I wanted to tell you about my vacation. And in the email, I put two vacation photos. I was on a trip to Greece and, um, so I put two vacation photos and then I said, oh, and by the way, while I was on vacation, I met this man named John and John had a Google Fi phone. And while we were in Greece, Turkey and Croatia, John was on his phone and he was checking email and he was doing all these things. And I said, John, what is that? And he told me about Google Fi and he said he pays $10 per gigabyte for the data that he uses even in foreign countries. And I thought, oh my gosh, I got to check out this phone. So I bought the phone and I started using it and it works great. And not only can I use the phone, but when I'm at a client's house and they don't have internet, which happens all the time, um, I can connect my phone to my computer and I can do things that I couldn't do before. And so I sent out this email saying, you guys have got to check out this phone. 
I mean, or at least you can save all this money. It's costing me now $30 a month for unlimited cell and 10 gigs of data. You know, that is the most engagement. I got like 30 responses from that email. So it was amazing, Dusty. So the thing is, is that what I'm learning as I'm podcasting is it's not all about you. (laughs) Make it about your listeners. And if that means send them an email when you find out something really cool that has nothing to do with your show, do it. Your, Your fans will love it. They'll love you for it. Yeah, your email list is not only a way to monetize your content, but it's also another way to just connect with your audience in a more intimate and personal way. A lot of times when they're listening to you on on your podcast episodes, they may seem, you know, and feel a little disconnected, but when they're actually responding to an email that you personally wrote, that gives them a sense of, you know, commitment to your show, to your brand, and allows them to directly interact with you, the host, and that makes them feel special. And, And that's just another way to utilize your email list. Now, when it comes to creating your podcast, Kathy, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? Well, I like to think that I'm a good interviewer. I've been told by professionals that I'm good at interviewing. So I'm good at asking questions, good at following up. And I think part of that is because I'm actually scared to do the talking myself. You know, I'm a little nervous talking to you, Dusty. You can probably tell. Because I don't like it to be all about me. So I guess because of that, I'm a good interviewer. So that's my strength. My weakness is I don't like to do any of the follow-up work. I don't like to write the show notes. I don't like to do the editing. I don't like to do anything except the interview. And so I'm really lucky in that I have an editor. It's my husband. I've dragged him into this. And he's really good at editing. So that's good. But where I fall short is the show notes. I'm really terrible at anything that has to do with follow-up after the interview. And so I'm I'm lucky in that my husband, who is my editor, will do the editing, but he won't do the show notes. And so sometimes these shows will sit there waiting to get the show notes. And they'll sit there for, you know, two weeks waiting for me to write the show notes. So that is where I fall short. And because I'm not getting money for this, I'm not monetizing it, I don't want to pay somebody else to do it. From thought to iTunes is what I like to call it, from idea to iTunes, from the beginning of the process of your podcast to the end, and that's ending with marketing and, you know, responding to comments on social media and things like that. There are so much stuff that you have to do as a podcaster from recording to the show notes to marketing and trying to grow your show through social media that a lot of people don't understand the time and effort that it takes to actually produce a successful show. It doesn't end when you upload the show. You have to have the show notes. You have to have a picture of the guest if you're doing that. You have to have the links that the guest have shared. You have to have uh, at least a brief description of what that episode is about. I mean, there are so many different things as a podcaster that you've got to keep in mind to make your show good. Now, once you've grown your show, you can then outsource that. And that's why I always ask the question of podcasters, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? Because a lot of times as creators, 
we get so caught up in the things that we're not good at that it takes back, it takes away from the stuff that we actually are good at. And if we just focus on the stuff that we are just passionate about, the stuff that we know it fits right in our wheelhouse, and then find a way, if we can afford it, to outsource the stuff that we're not so good at, that's when you can create something special. Uh, Obviously, in the beginning, you may have to do it all, and that's just part of it. That's where you have to get down, get in that grinding mode, and just hustle, and just really do stuff that you may not, uh, in the end, want to end up doing. So I completely agree with what you're saying there. So in closing on this interview, Kathy, we're getting around 30 minutes. And it's a perfect time to kind of ask this question. What do you see for the future of your podcast, you know, short term and long term? What are some things that you're wanting to do to, you know, grow the show and some new things you're wanting to add to the show specifically? Well, I've added a Facebook group and that group is definitely growing. And I would say that for any of your podcasters, all of the listeners to this show and Dusty gives some really great advice. And so I listen to shows like Dusty's and others. Um, I would either join up a, a uh, Facebook group or create one if there's not one that exists. Now, that being said, Dusty, you know that that's a big, it's a big a project, project, right? Yeah, because when you first form a Facebook group, you're not going to have any members of that group and you have to do everything. (laughs) So if I had to do that again, I would, I would just join and be active in other groups. Um, but I see the show as growing. I'm, I'm participating in an event on, uh, in a few weeks where I was able to get the senior center who puts on this event where a thousand seniors come and I am going to be the podcaster in that event and I'm going to be interviewing people. And so with your podcast, you can actually take your show and you can parlay it into something else. You can, you can tell people, Hey, I have this show. Here's a, how I can help you using my show. And then you can use the fact that you're helping somebody else to help grow your show. And so Number one, I do think the show is going to grow. And so I see it growing. I see the audience growing. And I would actually like to see this space that I've created because the space didn't exist before. You know, there is no such thing as non-financial retirement topics, right, Dusty? I agree. And so I see this space really growing. And so I've, I actually, since I started this show, there's been a couple of other shows just like mine pop up. And you think, wow, are you going to get upset about that? You know, now you have competition where you didn't have it before. No, I've actually reached out to those other podcasters and said, hey, why don't we work together? Why don't I interview you so that you can be on my show? Let's talk. Let's let's collaborate. And so I've done that. And now I have a couple of other people who are doing what I do. They're actually in my Facebook group. So I do see this space growing, but I can't grow it by myself. You know, I'm just one person. I don't have a staff of 50 people. So I'm growing my space by reaching out to other people who are in my space and saying, let's all do this together. Because this is important information. It doesn't matter if I'm the one that gives the information. I want the information to get out there. 
Absolutely. And there's just so much growth potential there in podcasting. And I, I just, I believe, and I say this every episode, it seems like, but podcasting is going to continue to get bigger and bigger. And people ask me all of the time, is it too late to get into podcasting? No, it's never too late. If you have a voice, if you have a message you want to share, it's never too late to start creating content. You just have to do it. A lot of people are talking about it, but very few actually act on those words. So in closing, Kathy, where can people find you online if they want to connect with you? They can go to rockyourretirement.com and all of my content information, all the ways to contact me is on that website, rockyourretirement.com. Rockyourretirement.com, a Rock Your Retirement podcast over on iTunes and other places that you can uh, can take care and listen to your podcast. I would highly recommend you go check her out. Even if you're not close to retirement, go listen to the content and you can take some of the value that she shared today in this podcast and kind of see what she's doing. Definitely go check out her website, check out those lead magnets, the freebies that she's giving away. Kathy, again, I would like to thank you uh, so much for joining me on the Podcasters Unplugged show. And guys, you have been unplugged once more here on the Podcasters Unplugged show. And until next time, see you later. Bye. Bye.